Digital marketing seems to be the mystery that most entrepreneurs struggle with, and real estate investors are no exception. The truth is, there are multiple avenues to success. Those experiences will be best shared by the guests on this podcast. My name is Jason Wright, and I would like to welcome you to Real Estate Investor Marketing Stories. What is going on, Jason Wright here? I've got another great episode of the podcast. First intro I'm recording for 2024, uh, even though the episode with the guest was recorded previously. Yeah, I like the honesty there, right? So yeah, you know there's a guest. have not done a solo show yet on the podcast, so assume there's a guest until I tell you otherwise, but I will get to that because I have some things to say and want to reflect on uh, the episodes I've done thus far and kind of talk about the future at some point. Before we get into the show, a couple thoughts. This year was a little bit different for me with the holidays. Generally, I get some downtime, get a week or two weeks to kind of reflect and work on new stuff. But this year, since we were in the new house in Georgia, we had kind of an endless stream of, of house guests for about three weeks, maybe three and a half weeks. A little different experience that I'm used to. Today's actually a pretty quiet day. It's actually literally the calm before the storm. We've got a pretty nasty storm moving up through the Gulf closed school and everything. So I'm getting some podcasting done, getting some work cleaned up and uh, kind of working through the things now that I normally would a little earlier, or I guess a little later in the previous year. So it's all good. The end result's all the same. I am excited to see what this year has in store for me and for all of you listening as well. On the real estate front, uh, we'll be doing more. Uh, my wife and I are actually looking to acquire our first investment home for the purpose of short-term rental kind of here in our local market. Some good opportunities there. And obviously there's some stress involved with that, with money down and closing costs and, you know, taking a risk on something new. So we have an interest in doing it for ourselves, And I think it'll give me more credibility as I continue to try to raise money from investors for my own short-term rental fund. So that'll be fun. And then the main business of digital marketing, uh, continue to do what we're doing there and start to expand in this different industries as well, because the fundamentals are fairly universal. So that's, that's exciting also. All right, enough with my updates. I've got a great guest this episode. I've got Igor Sheltanov. Hope I'm pronouncing that last name correctly. If I'm not, brother, I apologize, but I think I am. Uh, here's what I know about him. So very interesting. First person I've ever met that I can say this about. He's a former professional water polo player. He's also the founder of a company called Avista Fund. And he got started in real estate in 2015. His focus has, for the most part, been value-add multifamily. So should be uh, an interesting show for you guys to watch and listen to. Igor's a very interesting guy, very cool guy. He's got that, uh, that California cool vibe going on. So let's check out the conversation I had with Igor. What is happening, my friend? How are you doing today? How you doing, Jason? So uh, thank you for having me. We're doing pretty good. It's just a beautiful California, right? The leaves are falling and then we're getting into the fall season, I would say. Very nice, man. So I'd love to hear how you got started down the road of real estate investing. Tell us about that. Yeah, it's a great story, I think, because I was playing professional water polo, right? Then playing sports. It's um, I think it's a different gig, right? And then you just enjoy what you're doing and then you get the money. You don't necessarily know what to do with that. And there's a couple of choices in your life. You can blow it up or you can go to nightclub or you can do something else. And then 
And then I was unconsciously saying, so I think I'm leaning towards the savings more and then just setting aside my money for the future because I don't know what's going to happen. And especially, right, prepare myself for the life after the sports. So, and then uh, I got into the real estate by just, you know, saving us. Okay, let me buy the apartment and then I'm going to rent it to the people. And it felt like the life hack. And the reason why, because you like, you bought, you invested the money in the beginning and then all of a sudden, like, people are paying you money for living and they was like, man, that's just incredible. So like, have you done anything during the month? Like not really, I mean, maybe a couple of calls like to fix here and there, but not a lot of work involved. Right. And then I was like, oh my goodness, I feel like, okay, I got to multiply those. And I got the second one and, and the third one. And then it was unconscious. And the reason why, because I was not thinking what's my IRR, what's my ROI. I was like, okay, I'm going to set it aside. I, I was yeah. not through the numbers it was just an unconscious decision on saying okay this is somebody told me there's a fast investment so of this right and then i just lean toward that direction yep very nice it's smart because i think just think about the nfl i think the average career of an nfl player is three years and you hear all these stories about these guys making crazy money and buying lamborghinis and watches and all kinds of stuff and then when they get done with football they have no plan and these some of these guys end up broke a lot of them end up broke and it sounds like you were smart like hey this isn't going to last forever like i need to think think ahead and set myself up so that's awesome man right now with your investing are there any particular asset classes and or markets that you focus on yeah so let me double down on the what you said so there's more than 70 percent of professional players whatever they play mm -hmm. go bankrupt and the two years after they stop playing and this is just, I think it's a, just a crazy statistics, right? For the amount of money they accumulated through the career, everybody thinks they just set for life. Yep. But reality is absolutely different. And uh, one of my things was my wife brother was drafted by NBA team, right? And then this is basically exactly what happened, right? So just we got cuts in the year like two, right? And then all the expenses were very high. You know, the income just dried out. And we just face that reality. Okay, what what you actually? And this is when I transitioned from actually Russia to United States, of saying, okay, and we got huge amount of debt, and we need to fix that problem of not having income but having a lot of expenses. Yep, was huge. Answering your question, right? There's different asset classes because we when we opened the fund, so when I moved to the United States, it took us about five years to get on feet, right, and then get settled all the um, problems financially and stuff like that. And then I started to transfer my real estate from Russia to United States. And, and the first of all, it was single family houses. And then very, very quick, I understand. No one owns single family houses who are at the top of the ladder. Yeah. Maybe this black rock they buy for five years and sell it just the pure speculation right on the high scale. But then I was like asking the people, what do you guys do? You don't own like a bunch of single family, you don't run around and fixing the toilets and water and this and that, you don't get the calls and stuff like that. So yeah, we own the apartment complexes. And then, so when we opened the fund, we were really focused on different, it, it's a multifamily, but it's a different way of putting the money. What I'm trying to say is we were trying to do ground up development. We were trying to do the existing multifamily houses. So we just branched out into the storage as well. So, and the reason why, because we were making sure for the future investors into the Vista fund. So we know exactly what's going on on the market. Like we really tested our 
money right into each operate and each asset class and then as of today we have a, a ground up development we have existing multifamily buildings the a plus class we do have way down to c probably yep. then we have storage facility and we actually do have a couple of private equity investments as well so we tried different vehicles right to really understand the syndication world nice are there any specific markets that you focus on yeah so th there was a that's a good question jason i think there's in my mind was always three things so there's a location of risk there's a risk of management and the last one is just uh you know the asset class itself like what if tomorrow everybody will buy a single family house and then the apartment complex will be like it was boggling in my mind right i was like okay let's just focus on a couple of things first of all we started in california back to your question right and then i was like okay let's look at the california market so we we have chosen the auckland which is next to san francisco mm -hmm. and that this quality of life and then the amount of money you should have just to be able to survive in san francisco just insane speaking of real estate and people start to move down and then move over the bridge to the Oakland area. And then it's just the area where it's, we just convert and I say, okay, this is California and that's fine. But then it's a very specific market. That was the Rice Capital Group, who's super well known in just one specific market in Oakland, California. So, and we had it tested first, but then from there, we just moved to the East Coast. So we went to Virginia. There's a beautiful opportunity was it was half boarded building, right? It was 48 units, half of them boarded, half of them occupied. And then the guys from Navy, actually the ex Navy guys needed a great job. It was Fairwind Capital Group. So, and then we moved down to Florida because we really start to test even the, the states. Okay. Which state is going to be performing better? So, and then that was the first thought. And then the second thought, like I said, was just the diversification between the groups because you know every group is different it's maybe five people it's maybe 25 people maybe a rise like with 48 it's like it's 50 people 50 employees so yep. we start to do different locations different operators to diversify that risk got it nice 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 so what marketing strategies have worked for you so far what have you done to successfully attract new investors to what you're doing one of the things we're doing right now, it's a podcasting, right? And then talking to people, basically sharing your story. That's very yep. powerful. And then going online, meeting. So you do on the podcast, you share on the social media, you give a material, like, like really learning material, right? Something people don't know, you just share on LinkedIn, right? Then people reach out to you. And the majority of the clients, it's a friends and family, will start to reach out to people saying, this is what we do. If you guys are interested, let's have a call together, right? Or maybe grab a lunch real quick. So, and that was just a very powerful strategy for us. So you said something that I like, and I always tell people, I get this question all the time, whether it's email or text or social media, people are like, I don't know what to talk about. I say, when in doubt, educate. If you can educate people and you can do it with your story mixed in, there's always going to be other people that resonate with you. Have you found that to be true as well? I think so. Yes. It's, it's a mindset of not pushing and selling. Yes. Just, just don't do it because you really, how do you say that? You, you just really build the trust with people, right? Cause yep. there's one thing is they going to give you hard earned money yep. at, at, the, at the end of the uh, process, they just really hard earned money. And then some people rely on that, like a, a last resort, they might just build it fund for college fund, like for the kids to go to college. And then they would just want to multiply that because they all of a sudden they got two kids or three kids and then 
this is the very important for us, right? Just to make sure it's a not selling approach, but really educating people. And um, some people just pay so much taxes and they never knew. And you think they just very sophisticated thing. I think they just very sophisticated, right? And then I start to talk to them and they, oh, we don't know. We don't invest in real estate. So, so I listen, there's some tax breaks and there's structures, there's trust structures and stuff. And they start to go deeper and, and they're, oh, thank you. Right? And, and it doesn't mean they need to be with me. I said, listen, this is what exists. Yeah. Go talk to your CPA, go talk to your uh, attorney. I don't know. Just ask people around because I feel like there's something missing. Yep. It's amazing how many people do not understand that there's options beyond the stock market. I've had a couple conversations with buddies recently and they're like, I have X amount to invest. And, you know, we have a fund as well. And I just try to, like you said, try to educate them in general about real estate. Invest with me, invest with somebody else. They don't care, but they're like, no, that sounds scary. I'm just going to stick with the stock market. And I'm like, how do you like that volatility? How do you like the lack of tax breaks? There's other options. I just don't get it. So educating and then like getting people comfortable is, is huge for bringing new investors kind of into that space. All right. We're going to switch it up on you a little bit. What would you say is your biggest mistake or biggest regret so far in regards to your marketing? So just regards to the marketing. Yeah. I think marketing in general super complicated it's it's there's so much stuff you can do and i feel like spreading too thin and too wide that's one of the probably the biggest mistakes there's got to be strategy before you start marketing and there's like there's past it's just must have kpi as you go into the marketing without strategy and kpi it's going to be just low outside like you're going to lose all of your money yep. because it's never enough so we did it multiple times and, and my, cause then again, my first career was pro athlete. The second career was entrepreneur. And every time when we spend the budget on, oh, let's do the Facebook ads, right? And it's just a great, brilliant idea. Everybody's doing this and you go into this thing and you go down to this rabbit hole, right? And it's getting darker and, and darker and darker. The reason why there's no strategy, there is no KPIs. Absolutely. Yeah. Facebook ads or any kind of paid traffic, it's an easy way to lose a lot of money. We run a little bit of cold traffic just to build the list with at least a relevant audience, but we rely heavily on our back end. Like once we get people into our list, you know, I try to tell people marketing is really, if you think about it, it's just like building relationships in real life. I think you said you were married. You're married, correct? So you probably didn't propose on the first date, did you? No, not at all. Yeah. So there's a getting to know you period. You got to feel each other out. Is this person interesting? The same thing with marketing. So if you can get people into your world and then you have the emails and the text and the podcast and the value that you share, people will feel you out and go, okay, this is, you know, this is what place I want to be or it's not. And either way it's fine, but we've really like our company's done an amazing job with that back end marketing. And it's real important. Uh, as you know, a lot of people ignore it. I'll do it later. I'll do it later. And they put all their effort into social media with no plan. What if somebody does talk to you? What are you going to do next? What if they don't book a call and they, they don't know? So they just move on to somebody new, which is a really big mistake. So yeah, it's interesting. I've heard people when we used to do paid traffic for clients, people would say, hey, Jason, if this doesn't work, these Facebook ads, in 30 days, I'm going to be out of business and divorced. And I was like, I don't want any part of this. I don't want to be involved in this scenario. That's crazy. So all right. I'd love to hear a story about your real estate investing journey. It can be here. It can be back in Russia, either way, that you haven't shared publicly. So maybe it's something funny, maybe a lesson you learned, whatever you want to be. So let us get to know you a little bit deeper. 
I never share publicly. I think there is, um, yeah, there is, I would probably share one of the regrets in the beginning. So it was, uh, I bought a house and then I remodeled the backyard and then I did the kitchen, rented to the people mm -hmm. and working beautiful in California. And then there's two houses down. There's another house. I know there's notice on it. That was like, man, there's there, probably there's opportunity there. And then I just go on the window, right? I read that notice. There's names on it. I was like going into the databases right? when you just invite for $1, like the trial period, I search for people and I get like email the social accounts and I start to reach out to them. I was like, listen, do you want to, and, and there's a different phone numbers and there's different social, social media outlets. Right. And one of them, like, I don't know where, I don't know which one, probably Facebook or so. And they're like, yeah, we want to sell house. And I was like, man, that's bingo. Right. And there's a price, like, let's say around $400,000, right? That's what I want to pay. And then we talking back and forth and it's 2015, I think 2015, we talking back and forth and she said, yeah, I'm ready to sell, but it's not 400, it's going to be 450. And then maybe about a couple of weeks after she's reached out to me, she's reaching out to me and say, I call a couple of people, we want a 420. And I was like, no way we're going to do 415. And she said, no, 420. And then they sold that house for like 420 or 425, I forgot the exact price. So that same house, five years after, I never bought it. Then I talked to construction, like I just fixed the house next door. I brought all the team and I said, listen, this is what we're going to do. Yeah, we can do it easily, same shit, like same project, right? There's nothing, even layout was the same. And then into 2020, it sold for $1.1 million. And that was one of my big sales. Why would I just think about $5,000 like yep. that, that one same day, just, it's a longer picture. It's, it's, a, it's a different game. So it was one of my kind of my regrets until now. Yeah. The best, uh, teachers definitely experienced though, isn't it? Yeah. It was just a great experience. And you know, after that, I was like, yeah, that's a great lesson. So don't <laughs> get stuck with the $5,000 thing. Absolutely. So if you were going to have a conversation today with a brand new capital raiser, he said, Hey, Igor, I'm ready to get rolling. What advice would you give them in regards to your marketing for somebody who's just about to put themselves out there, and try to raise capital for their own deals or somebody else's deals? I'm not sure if I can advise on that because I'm still considering myself brand new, but at the same time, there's a lot of wisdom I pick up from Hunter Thompson, right? The mastermind of raise masters. And I would say the huge thing it's educate and it's, it's never going to be enough that people, they lean in towards education. They lean in towards that help, the help idea and that sell idea. That's one. And the second one, you want to be in front of thousand people and not in the room of 100. That was super powerful lesson I learned from hundreds material because you can scale yourself through online branding and marketing 10 or thousand X, right? Compared to you go on one-on-one -on -one lunch where you go on like a one to 10, one to hundred, right? And you do a seminar, yep. it's powerful, but it's not even, I don't think it's even close to what outreach you can get using outlets, right? Of social media and then email marketing and the backhand automation. So I think it's a super, super powerful, but that's what you guys are actually doing, right? The, yeah. the thing is, cause you, you go out on a podcast, for example, right? And you never know who's going to be watching that thing. Yep. You, you don't know, yep. but the people will go to your website. They fill out the form because they do really like what you're saying. So they just can relate to this thing. And then 
I think this is the most powerful thing in my experience. I wouldn't say an advice in my experience, right? Just yep. solve through the internet and then online marketing. Yep. So a couple things there. Yeah. Hunter's a really good dude. He's a good friend of mine. He's a great marketer. If you look at his podcast and all the stuff he does with Race Masters, the guy puts out a lot of content. I mean, there's a lot, a lot of content, the book, uh, the new fund of fun mastery deal he put out there. So yeah, he's, he's doing a lot of things really well there. So podcasting is an interesting thing. I think this is my fourth podcast. I used to be a paid host for a show and it was weird. It was on, this was like five, six years ago. It wasn't AI. It was on something around AI. It was really weird. And I was eventually like, I don't, I don't want to do this. It's too weird. But uh, yeah, it took me like two and a half years with my first podcast before I ever got anything out of it booked call or anything like somebody mentioned it finally and I was god all this time and money somebody's actually paying attention but since then I think I've guested on approximately 85 shows and I've done a couple hundred of my own I've definitely got business from podcasts built relationships so it's been ROI positive for sure the easiest thing you can do is be a guest on somebody else's show you just got to show up and talk they'll produce it they'll take care of the rest so Getting in front of new audiences is great. I think all podcasts, if you're a host, they should have a video element to it because then you can just repurpose it even more. So I love podcasting. It's fun. It's a great use of both of our time. And yeah, man, it's it just helps you stand out so much more so than just posting on LinkedIn. Something else that's interesting, and I'm going to butcher the statistic, but let's, let's just say 90 plus percent of podcasts fail in less than 10 episodes, meaning people stop producing them and give up before episode 10. That's sad. 10 episodes? That's like working out 10 times and be like, I quit, which people do that too. So something to think about. All right. So we are recording this at the tail end of August in 2023. As you look forward to the end of this year, what are you most focused on in your business? Just in nurturing the clients and getting your leads. And then- yep. Through the online, like I said before. So, and I think that's all the powerful thing you can do. Just, and I went to Harvard University for the real estate investment and finance. And, and there's a lot of great content I actually took from there because again, they, they giving you the course, which is, it's, it's breaking down into the structure. And when I was learning that probably half of it was just kind of making sense because we knew it before just by doing business, by actually being on the field and actually doing things. But then the other half was like, oh, I didn't know this. I didn't know that. And it's pretty simple stuff. And uh, I just repurpose and just, you know, let the people know it exists and then just post those things. And it's, I think it's just working really well. And I'm looking forward to the end of the year because right now people, I wouldn't say they're just most comfortable times for them to invest. They kind of wait until the end of the year. I mean, some people say, no, we don't know. It's going to be the election rate next year. So what's going to happen? The market kind of cracking down as well. So, and I think being in front of the eyes of people, that's the most important for now. And then focusing on education and just material. That's my, that's my thing. Yeah, it's smart. It's always perplexing when I'll talk to somebody and they're like, I want to fight deals first and then I'll, I'll worry about finding new investors later. I'm like, you sure you have that in the right order? I think you should be finding new investors always. All right. For anybody watching or listening, if they want to get more info from you or learn more about what you're doing, how can they best do so? It's a great question. So it's going to be on avistafund.com. So they can go ahead and check it out, the website, right? And then just fill out the form so we can stay in contact. 
And then you can just send me an email, right? Just shoot me an email, Igor at avistafund.com, yeah, and I'm going to be happy to respond anytime. Awesome, man. Well, I really appreciate you coming on the show today. It was a lot of fun. Thank you, Jason. Thank you very much. Yep. Thank see you. you. Yep. See you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the show. I had a great time making it, and I hope you really enjoyed yourself listening to it. If you want to keep up with all things Real Estate Investor Marketing Stories podcast related, I encourage you strongly to go to reimarketingstories.com and signing up for our podcast newsletter. We will simply keep you up to date with what's going on with the show, new episodes, and things like that. reimarketingstories.com. So hopefully today's episode and the other episodes that you'll listen to will remind you that as a real estate investor, everybody starts at the beginning, okay? Um, our guests today and the other guests that you will hear on this show will share their real story, right? They'll tell you what worked, what didn't work. And I want you to remember one thing if you remember nothing else today. It's possible for you to, okay? Never stop going and keep following your passion. Finally, today's show has been brought to you by CapitalRaisingAutomations.com. If you're an active capital raiser and you're ready to learn the three areas that are holding you back from raising more capital, I strongly suggest you check out CapitalRaisingAutomations.com. Check out our free 10-minute video there, and you let me know if it doesn't provide you value. I'm sure it will. All right, thanks again for listening to the show this week. Hope to see you next time. Take care.